All right, we want to speak to you this morning on acceptable and accepted. We preached this subject several months ago. We have never taught on it, which we go into a little deeper. But uh, I think we must ask ourselves a question. Is our service acceptable and accepted by God? You know, we may tell each other, and nothing wrong with it, I appreciate the job you do. Appreciate you being here. But we only see the Albert. You only see the Albert of what I may do. God knows the reason. God looks upon uh, us and knows what we're doing and why. So when we think about that, you know, we ask ourselves, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifice unto me? You know, in Isaiah chapter 1, uh, verse 13 through 24, we won't read all of that. You can cross-reference that. But uh, God asks a, a question, you know, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? Were his words to Israel by the prophet Isaiah in the same book, but Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 11, he said, Bring no more vain oblations. I am weary to hear them. Then he goes on in Isaiah 1, 13 through 24, uh, that you can read and study that if you so desire. But in Malachi, in Malachi chapter 1, the, we want to look at something here uh, at, in the first chapter of Malachi. Uh, we see what the Lord says here in Malachi chapter 1, beginning with verse 6, the last book of the Old Testament, said, uh, A son honor." Honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear, said the Lord of hosts unto you, O priests that despise my name? And he say, Wherein have we despised thy name? And he offered polluted bread upon mine altar, and he said, Wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And if he offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if he offer the lamb and, and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto the governor. Will he be pleased with thee? Are acceptable thy person, said the Lord of hosts. And now I pray you, beseech God that he will graciously unto us and this have been by your means and be regarded your persons. Will he regard your persons, said the Lord of hosts. I think it's very clear here in Malachi verse, chapter 1, verse 6 through 9 that if I offer an unacceptable gift to the Lord, he will not accept it. You know, we we think that, you know, 
I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But if I'm going to serve God, I've got to give God my very best. Whatever position you may have, whatever you do in the house of God or outside, if you do it in the name of the Lord, he deserves the very best that we have. And usually that's preparation. You know, if I'm going to please God this morning, I have had to prepare myself for the service. Now, when we look at the Word of God, and in Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, one verse here in the 12th chapter, and that's it is the 28th verse, Hebrews 12, 28, Wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. See, reverence is very important because if we show reverence to God, what that is teaching us, that we will do it the way God has taught us to do it. And I think that's as a habit, as a habit, uh, the, we see that churches as a whole, as Sister Jean was telling me about a church here in the county, you know, that will take any letter, anybody from any church, uh, open communion, uh, you know, just, and what has happened? They've got tired of fighting. It's a battle. It's a battle to remain sound in the Word of God. From the pulpit to the Sunday school classes to the teachers to whatever. But God tells us, wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably. And you notice, if you're following, that word grace, the only way that I can serve God acceptably is through the grace of God. God gives me grace because this flesh wants to do it the easiest way, the shortest way, where no preparation is taking place. But what we need to remember, as Paul told the church at Corinth, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every man may receive the things done in his body, whether it be good or whether it be bad. Now, we know that God would not put that in the word written to a church letter if he didn't already know, <coughs> if he did not, <coughs> excuse me, that if he didn't already know that there were going to be those who offered God such a minimal service and did not put their heart and soul into serving God and lifting him up. I mean, God makes that very clear. And it's important for us to look at these first words of Second Corinthians 5.10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. 
Now, I've said this, and from time to time, people looked at me like, you know, if I served God, but was it acceptable? Did God accept it? You know, we can visualize that we have a son and he's mowing our yard and, and, you know, he's not taking it properly. And it looks terrible. A good parent is not going to accept that. You're going to mow this yard over. You're going to do it right. Why do we think that God would accept any less? He won't. He will, will not. That's why that he, he tells us, you know, very clearly, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that every man may receive, and that's mankind, both man and woman, the things done in the body, whether it was good or bad. See, the bad is rejected while the good is welcomed and rewarded as an acceptable work. And I think about people that have served God maybe 30, 40 years, but they serve God their own way, doing it their own way, because that's what they believe. What we believe is not important at all unless what I believe and what you believe, we can say, thus saith the Lord. You know, everybody has their opinion, and your opinion is as good as anybody else. But if it's not according to thus saith the Lord, it doesn't mount anything. And we'll stand before God. You know, and that's what Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 14 and verse 12 when he says, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself. And I underline it on my outline here, and I can look here in the Bible, and I will find that I underline it also in the Word of God. What, what word did I underline? So then every one of us may give an account of himself. I'll not have to give an account to nothing that Brother Steve done. Anybody else? You won't have to give an account for what I do. But every individual will give an account to God how they did. And you say, well, that's why I don't do anything. I'm afraid I'll do it wrong or, or not acceptable. As long as you're in the will of God, it's going to be acceptable. You're following the Lord. Following the Lord. That's why that right, wrong, or indifferent, if I say that we need a song leader or we need a Sunday school teacher, I already believe there's somebody in the flock that can fulfill that office. But if the pastor waits until that individual says, if you would have me, I will fill that office. You know, because we want to do it because it's an opportunity to serve the Lord. And when we're serving God, we don't want to do it anyway. We want it to be an acceptable gift that God will accept. So the Lord tells us, so every one of us will give an account of himself. I won't have to give an account to my wife. You won't have to give an account to me. We both give an account 
to God whether we have did it according to thus saith the Lord. As we see in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, you know, here the writer of Hebrews tells us in four, chapter 4 and verse 16, let us therefore boldly come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I believe that almost every time, if we be honest with ourselves and search ourselves, we know whatever we did, we did it because God was leading me. God said, you can do that. You need to volunteer for that. You know, that's what way God wants it. If I'm willing, God will make me capable. But we've got to be willing. Got to be willing. I always wondered about these young men, and we've had five or six, seven men that over the years since I've been here that said God has called them to, them to preach. One or two of them would never preach. Does God call a man to preach that's not willing to preach? I don't think so. He may not be the best preacher. He may not, you know, he may do it as I did, fumble through him for the, a few times. But if God called a man to preach, he wants to preach. The brother Al had a policy. I don't know whether I'm I'm be as brave as he was, but he, he and I talked about it, and he said, if a young man comes Sunday morning saying God is calling me to preach, I want him to preach Sunday night. You know, if God has called you to preach, you may not preach for 10 minutes, but you can preach. You have something to say if God calls you. Well, what God is saying them. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may attain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I got it out in the car. We used to have the men do a, a devotion. One of the best devotions I ever heard in this church was from Brother Barnes. I mean, you listen to that and tears will come to your eyes because you know that man was sincere. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, I keep it in the, in the car because anytime I'm down, I put that in and I listen to him. He gave glory to God. He gave glory to the Sunday school teachers. He gave glory to the preacher, to the system pastor. I mean, when we love God, we love those things that God loves. Now, while in those things that we may offer to God that speak of the work and person of his son, Jesus Christ, you know, he can accept only that which properly honors his perfection and deity. 
it should be evident that in our service and works, we fall short of perfection. And I want to look at two parables may serve to illustrate. Turn with me to Matthew 25. Matthew, the 25th chapter. When we look at this chapter, and we begin with verse 14. He said, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servant and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability, several ability. And straightway he took his journey. Now, in my Bible, I underline according to his several ability. God don't want me to do something that he has not given me the ability to do. But if you're saved, God has given you the ability to glorify him. We can glorify God. You know, you look at the day yesterday and Friday, you know, then you look at this morning. God could make every morning like this morning if he wanted to. But there's no doubt in my mind that if nothing bad ever came into my life, I would not be appreciative. I would not thank God for the sunshine and the warmth and the blessings. I would get to the fact, you know, as so many people are now, I deserve this. We don't deserve the blessings we get. God blesses us despite what we deserve. And when we have that attitude, he'll bless us. We, we, we see here, verse 16, that he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made him other five talents. And likewise, he had two. Uh, you know, he gained other two. But he that had received one went and dig in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of these servants come and reckon with them. And so he that had received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, The Lord thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. And he, the Lord said unto him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. That ought to encourage me. It ought to encourage you that when God gives me the ability to do something, the only reason he gave me the ability was to use it. To use it. He that received the two, you know. We see the same thing. When God gives us ability, if we use that ability, God gives us more. That's what God does. He's, he is not a wasteful Lord. But, you know, we, we look at verse 24 through 30. 
Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. You know, he was so uh, proud of, of himself. It's like people, you know, I think that we ought to have the best this or the best that, you know. But yet, we're not willing to step up. Use what God has given us, and God will give us more. The Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not Strong, and also therefore to have put my money to the exchanger. Now, all, all of those that disagree with me in the stock market, what are you going to do with this verse? I'm not telling anybody you get in the stock market. I'm not telling anybody to do anything. But to say that it's gambling you haven't understood this verse. He said, Thou oughtest, therefore, to have put my money. You notice that word, my? It wasn't his money. It was God's money. You know, I may reach in, in, in the pocket and I say, I've got fits it all here. I don't, but let's say I do. Who does that fifty dollars belong to? Belong to the Lord. He gave that fifty dollars. He allowed me to attain that fifty dollars. He said, "Thou art to therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury or with interest." Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which have ten talents. Now don't you go out of here and say, you know, the Bible says I ought to invest in so and so. There's a teaching here. There's a teaching that we use what God has given us, whether it is money, health, talents, Ability, we use it for the Lord and he will bless us. In Luke 19, 11 through 27, same teaching. Same teaching. In this parable, 10 pounds, 10 servants, each given a pound, totally occupied till the come. But God goes on, and in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, he said, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have sowed toward his name, in that we have ministered to the saints and do minister. The best money that you can get to get feedback is mission work. 
everybody that Brother Mills and every other missionary that we have supported, if they're doing it right, when God adds someone to that work, if we had a small portion or a large portion, we're blessed. Because what is God's number one requirement for every one of us? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. But we're not going. The only reason that foreign missions is, is, is easier because it's easier to send somebody than it is to go ourselves. But there's so many ways, as I mentioned Wednesday night, as we have been blessed with the, uh, you know, with the uh, ministry of putting our sermons and hundreds and thousands of people have listened all over this world. If we take a little crack that I've seen, what must I do to be saved? A little one and a half by one and a half. Every time we go to a restaurant, if you leave a tip, or if you go to the restaurant, Let a tip. I'm going to leave you a tip. I'm going to leave you this. That person is not going to say, no, I don't want that because they're afraid you won't give them the tip. And they may take and throw it in the trash can. But if I only preach every Sunday when I'm convinced that everybody is listening, I wouldn't be here next Sunday. Because it's hard for anybody to tune in every word. But they were told what to do. What does God tell us to do? To be faithful in our local church, to support our local church, to pray for one another. And when we look at someone who are having on bad times, God has spared us, and we ought to thank him for it. We ought to thank him for it. Now, what we see, you know, is in Genesis chapter 4, verse 2 through 5, and we all know that, Abel's offering of a lamb accepted, for he spoke of God's Son, Jesus Christ, the perfect lamb that died for our sins, of the world, Cain's fruit of the ground offering was rejected for he spoke of man's work and sacrifice. So you read Genesis 4, 2 through 5, and you read Hebrews eleven four, which says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that his, he was righteous. God testified of his gift, and being dead, yet he speaks, see. It's all wrapped up in Romans chapter 10 and verse 7, you know, comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You know, that's why that brother Greg's was every every time he gave a devotion. Sometimes he just read the word. 
Don't you just love to hear somebody read the word? There was an offering of the fruit of the ground that God accepted, but it was not a sin offering. The first gathering of the harvest was to be offered to God as an expression of their gratitude. You know, that's found in Exodus chapter 22 and verse 29. Every gift we have comes from God. We are to figure out a way that I can express. So let's say, let's use this as an example. I put out a garden and I have an abundant supply. I can take it to the farmer's market and I can try to sell it. Or I can know the people who are having a hard time and I can give it to them. The latter is proven in the Bible. All of this earth has got a curse on it. Amen? This whole earth has got a curse on it. So if Brother Mike puts out a garden, and that garden blesses abundantly, well, we know that it would not have done that unless God had taken the core, the curse off of that particular spot. And that's exactly what God does. I mean, you can say, I've got a green thumb and I've got this and I've got that. And some of you know the proper way to do things. I don't. But if you were blessed with a good crop in the garden, if your flowers bloomed and mine died, it was because of God. It was not because of your, God showed you. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. That's the thing that I believe God wants us to see. Our giving of thanks for his grace and loving kindness day by day is an acceptable offering. I mean, I just believe that we ought to get in a a habit of praising God for everything. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15 said, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Be ye thankful. I'm telling you, we've got so much to be thankful for. So much. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. Young Timothy said, I exhort, therefore, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and gifts, and the giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. For this is a good and acceptable 
in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved to come into the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. You know, we've been studying the tabernacle and temple and but when Solomon had finished building the temple, fashioned after the pattern given to him by David, and the priests had placed the Ark of the Covenant in the inner uh, Holy of Holies, and withdrawn, withdrawn the stage by which it had been born, or born, lifted, the cloud that's symbolized the presence of the Lord, filled the house. It was acceptable work. The pattern had been faithfully followed. That's why that God blessed the temple and the work thereof. God blessed the tabernacle. Two of the most expensive buildings that have ever been built. And I'm sure there was, have been people who say, that's a waste of money. Anything we follow God's pattern is not a waste. Not a waste. We look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning with verse 7. Look what the writer said. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. See, I don't know how many souls God have used me to lead. That's not important on my part. The important part was I faithful. Was I faithful? I mean, these people this morning that are trying to win people by rock music and and skits and all of that stuff and Christ is never lifted up. That's entertainment but God didn't call any church to be an entertainment center. He called the church to spread the gospel. What we will be able to do we will say I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. Now why? Look at verse 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord thy righteous judge shall give me at that day and not to me only but unto all them that love his appearing. Now most people believe when we die and go to heaven everybody is going to be equal. What, what are you going to do with Second Timothy chapter 4, 7, and preceding verses as we read? Then Timothy said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, Key word here is henceforth, because of, 
because I fought a good fight, I finished my course, I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them that love his appearing. Everybody that has finished the course, kept the faith. But we like to believe that falsehood because it sounds so good. You know, everybody's going to be equal in heaven. I'd like to know who the guests are. Everybody that has disagreed with me asked the same question. Who are the guests? Who are those that goes in and out to see the Lord? Who are those that have the privilege to remain with the Lord forever and ever? Faithfulness is important. It's important. Now we see that. So when we do well and suffer for it, bearing it patiently, this is acceptable with God, as we are told in First Peter, chapter two. Notice here, First Peter, First Peter, chapter two, verse twenty. For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. You know, God is simply telling us here how important it is. Then we look at uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 23. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Are we going to get even with those who mistreat us, or are we going to leave that to the Lord? It's a hard decision. Something I've got to fight with every day. In Hebrews chapter 13, as we prepare to close, I love this. Hebrews 13, verse 15 and 16. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. What's he well pleased with? Well, we uh, look at verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name.
know, God is a good God, and he's good all the time. Not just good part of the time, but God's good all the time. Even when I suffer, even when I don't feel good, even when it seems like the world is against me, God's still good. Because he's promised me, I will not put more on you than you can bear. Now, he tells us in Matthew, he tells us in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We shouldn't seek glory and praise for ourselves, you know. If I'm doing something for the Lord, if nobody says thank you, as long as I know God accepted it. But there are those people that if they picked up a piece of paper off the floor, they want somebody to say, good boy, thank you. That's good. I'm proud of you. That's their reward. But we ought to serve God whether it's picking up paper from his house or trying to help somebody who needs it help because we love the Lord and God said, if you really love me, you'll love the brethren. So as we close... Romans chapter 12 starts out with, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. If we give our body for the Lord, he said that's reasonable. Because he gave his son that I may have life. So he said, I beseech you. Now, did you ever think God would beg you to do something? Read Romans 12, 1. Beseech. I plead with you. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. You know, I've never begged and pleaded with somebody to do something in the church. But God begs me in the word. I beseech you, brethren, I plead with you, do what you're able to do. Father, we thank you.